Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. Why did you become a freelancer? Was it for freedom, flexibility, Probably not because you wanted to manage your own health insurance, taxes, and retirement. Did you know Catch can do all of that for you? Catch offers benefits and personal payroll for the self-employed. With Catch, you can shop for health insurance the same way you shop for a flight. Compare across carriers and find the best price. Catch makes it easy to renew your current plan, find a better one, or enroll for the first time. Even better, all plans are ACA compliant and Catch works on your behalf to get you tax credits that can save hundreds of dollars on your monthly premium. Open enrollment starts November 1st. Get organized for the year ahead. Get covered. Get Catch. Find the plan that's right for you at catch.co slash health. I don't know about you, Emma, but in the past... I would say 18 months or so, I have got a lot of offers for full-time in-house jobs. And while that is flattering and wonderful, at this point in my life, it's just not something I'm really looking to do. But I will say that I've seen a lot of people that we have known over the course of the almost decade that we've been freelancing are doing it. They're taking the in-house job and going back to a full-time role. A lot of them are remote, but getting back to joining a team and instead of having eight nine, 10 bosses, they have one and they're focusing on one specific product and one working with one specific group of people. So I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about how do you decide if it makes sense for you? Why do some people do it? What are the pros and cons? So if there's somebody listening to this today and maybe they're in this spot where they're thinking about it, what are the things that they need to think about and how do you make that call for yourself? I know that it's going to be different for everyone, but I want to first hear from you. Have you been getting full-time job offers lately? Is that something you're seeing as well? No, (laughs) not really. I mean, I see lots of clients that are looking for full-time content marketing people, but I would not say that I'm being approached for those roles. To me, I feel like it's really very clear to people that like I'm a consultant and I'm like not interested in taking on something full-time. I don't know if I just like give that vibe, but I don't feel like people are like, oh, (laughs) it makes me feel like, I don't mean to be like down on myself because I think that if I wanted a full-time role, I wouldn't have trouble getting one, but I'm not really seeing that those kinds of opportunities come across my desk. I would say what's more common is I might see an opportunity where someone wants like, a freelance writing contractor who like works with them for like 30 hours a week or something like that. So it's like full-time-ish or it's more sort of leaning into that direction as opposed to somebody saying like, come work with us and like get all of these benefits, et cetera. Like I don't feel like people are trying to entice me into doing that. That said, I think there's lots of people that are potentially getting those opportunities, especially when they work really, really closely with their clients and they're like very embedded in the, in the business or they have some kind of offering that the business thinks like, if I had this person on staff, we could do so much more with what we're doing. I think, and I say that because like I'm working with clients on a very 
per project basis, right? So it's not like I'm like doing their content marketing strategy in-house. They might hire me to do three case studies and that's it. So they're not kind of like, we need a full-time case study writer on our team. Yeah. How about you? Like what kind of opportunities are you seeing that, I don't know, you feel like is new or, I mean, are any of them enticing to you? Yeah. So a couple of them have been pretty interesting, really appealing salaries where I'm like, okay, I need to think seriously about this because (laughs) it would be nice to like have one job that pays a really nice salary instead of the variability of freelancing, which can be up and down. It's still full of opportunity and, and a great way to make a living. It's just, there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with it. So thankfully, one of the better offers I got, which was well over six figures. Uh, the company is now gone. <laughs> they went. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a good call. That was a good call. Uh, and that happened, honestly, like not that long after I got the job offers. Jeez, jeez. That was a near miss. But um, yeah, I've thought about it. And I think ultimately I always come back to, I like the freedom and flexibility of setting my own schedule and being able to have that opportunity to do more or less depending on how I feel. The one thing I do miss is the opportunity to get healthcare provided. And we talked about it in another episode. There's no coverage when you're a freelancer and you run your own business. It's on you. If you have a deadline that you've got to meet or you need to ask for an extension, there's nobody to cover what you're responsible for. So that is one thing that always makes me consider, well, maybe I do want a full-time job again. The other thing I also think about when I get these kinds of offers is, man, it would be really nice to be part of a team again. Because so much of what we do day to day is solo work. You're working alone from home. You don't have a core team that you talk to on a regular basis where you're checking in, you're all working together on the same project. It's a lot of alone time. And so I miss that. I miss having people to like have a Christmas party with or go out to lunch with or have a team retreat if it's a remote team. And those are the things that I'm like, oh man, I would really love to have that. And that's why I think it's great that you and I have done some things to kind of build that into our own lives and businesses. We did our retreat a few years ago where we brought together a group of people in Austin and that was wonderful. But those are the things that I miss about a full-time job and that I that get me wondering like, oh, maybe I do want that. But so far, nothing to the extent of, okay, yes, let's talk seriously about it. It's more just a high level, do I want this for myself? Yeah, I think it has to be, it would have to feel like absolutely the right role, the right team, the right people, the right money, all of that stuff. Everything would have to come together because I feel very similarly like working with a team would be really awesome. And I personally feel like during this season of life when I'm raising young children, working a freelance role where I have some control is really ideal. But I do feel like if I didn't have a spouse with a more uh, stable job with health benefits and that kind of thing, that I might make the trade just based on some of the other factors for what I needed. I do think that you and I, when we talk about, well, would we do a full-time job? We have like the privileged perspective of like, we make enough money doing what we do as freelancers. And like, I think we would both bill ourselves as successful freelancers. And I am not like saying anything negatively about other freelancers out there. But I think that when I think a full-time job may make the most sense is when 
you're really, really struggling to make ends meet with your career that you're sort of reading and doing research and maybe you get a coach and you connect with people and you still can't really get enough clients for it to make sense or charge enough or you're really burnt out or you can't run the business aspect of it or, I mean, like when these sorts of things come up, I just think for you and I, like we've been doing this long enough that we kind of have these things figured out. But I think that there's no shame in saying like, hey, like, I don't think this is working for me. Like, I don't think I'm making enough money doing this. I think I'm not sure I'm very good at this because I hate marketing myself or I hate the business admin because it's like so much the job is admin and sales. Like it's, (laughs) and so, and I also think that for people that really want to focus on the writing, like they may be much happier in a full-time content role. And if they want the diversity, they could do that for an agency or something. But like, I feel like so little of what I do these days is writing. I mean, again, like I, I, (laughs) I'm obviously a freelance writer, but I'm like on calls all the time because I do so many case studies and interview-based things and like sales and doing proposals and all of that stuff. Uh, And then the admin, right? Like that, it just takes up a lot. It does. And then there's the logistics side of things. Like, you have to pay more taxes because you're paying both sides. Whereas if you had a full-time job, you have an employer paying part of the, I don't know the specific name for it, but it's something about like the taxes you have to pay. I don't know, but you're paying more taxes is the bottom line. That's probably the least smart I've ever sounded on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I think other things too, like I have seen some really, really successful freelancers who, this is shifting gears a little bit, but People who have had great consulting businesses who decided that when a great job offer came along in-house, they wanted it because, yes, they were ready for like a new phase of their career, but also they were wanting to kind of shift gears and get into more of a advisory type role, which is what was being offered in the the full-time job context. And I think that's interesting too. Some people are ready to move on past freelancing and past the variability to kind of stretch their wings a little bit and expand their expertise that they've built up as a freelancer into something that they can then use to get leverage and move along and move up within a company. So that's something to think too. Yeah. I often tell people when they're just starting out, like if I am talking to a recent college grad and they're like, I want to be a freelancer. I'm like, okay, like go get a full-time job first because it's going to be like your crash course in like business and writing and marketing and like just do that for a couple of years and then do it. Because I think that there's so much that you can learn when you go internally and like you can learn things about fields beyond writing that are maybe writing adjacent or like I know I worked with people in like customer success and customer engagement and they use so much writing in their work, but like it's a different field. And then I, I think that for people that want to collaborate on different things or do bigger projects like building websites, uh, not just like doing the writing for it, but working with designers and developers and getting like a big project off the ground or same with like strategies. Like if you work in-house, there's like a lot more ownership over what you do. And I think a lot of people find a lot of fulfillment in that into contributing something, it, contributing into something that's that's much bigger than and themselves are like one piece here and there, right? Yeah. I think it could also be really mentally taxing switching between working with different clients as a freelancer. So sometimes people are like, I want to go all in on one thing. I want to work on 
one company project with one company with one core set of people because I'm tired of the context switching. I'm tired of... Yeah, I hear that a lot. To do a lot of different things. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that is that like, I think it's a personality thing because like, I wouldn't say like, I love context switching, but I think that I don't struggle at all really jumping from one thing to another. Like I can switch modes like pretty fast, but I've seen a lot of other people like really struggle with that. And they talk about that a lot where they're like, I can't deal with the context switching of I'm on this client, then I'm on this client, then every day it's something different and they want, I mean, basically more certainty, right? But they want to have more focus. They want to have more time to work, work on one thing for one thing. Yeah. And I think if you've been freelancing for a little bit and this is something you're thinking about and you see an interesting job opening come up or maybe somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, we'd love to have you for this. Your background as a freelancer and the body of work that you produce there could really help you ask for a lot more money than maybe you would get just coming in from another role or fresh out of college, whatever it might be. You've got this great body of work with hard numbers you've produced for clients and you can really prove yourself. So if you're looking for a job that's going to allow you some upward mobility as far as room to grow and, and expand your role in time, that can be a good stepping stone. It just depends. It depends on what you want for yourself. Yeah. And I think it's not bad either to have conversations with like, if you see a role that comes up that is interesting to you, like you don't necessarily need to be like, oh, I'm not taking on a full-time role right now. That's it. Like you can have some conversations about like, well, what would that look for me? Uh, What would I need to make? You know, what would the salary need to be for this to be worthwhile? What kind of flexibility would I need? What kind of projects would I be doing? Like, I think like all of those questions like are worth asking to the actual person, not just like looking at the job posting and being like, hmm, I wonder what that might be like for myself. You could also still do freelancing on the side a lot of the time with these, if you do take a full-time job or run a newsletter where you have paid sponsorships. So you still have opportunity to earn additional income on the side. It's just a matter of clearing that with your employer and making sure that's all good, which 99% of the time I think it is. So yeah, there's flexibility too. There's opportunities for side projects. I mean, this is reminding me too that sometimes I hear like, especially new freelancers being like, oh, I see this open role. I should contact them and ask if if they need a freelancer. (laughs) And I just want to touch on this, even though it doesn't exactly have to do with like going in-house, but I just want to say like that strategy doesn't really work. Like when people want someone in-house they want that person in-house for like very defined reasons. Like it's much more expensive to have somebody in-house than to hire a freelancer. Like even if you're a really like high valued freelancer, like even if someone is paying a freelancer like $50,000 to do like one project, that is likely a lot cheaper than having them on as as an employee with benefits and, and all of these things. So like, it's not like they're looking for this deal. By working with a freelancer, it's like they know that they need someone in-house who can really live and breathe the company. So I just want to like throw that out there that like, I think that's not like a good strategy for getting freelance clients. Yeah. I think the other thing I want to talk about here is I'm seeing this a lot with people I follow on Twitter. So they're not freelancers. They're working in-house, but they're working at a startup or they're working at a new company that's still in its early stages. And they're very enthusiastic. They're excited about it. They're 
early on in the business, they're early on in their careers. And so they are working these crazy hours, right? They're traveling for conferences, for speaking engagements. They are staying at the office till seven o'clock at night. They are just, I mean, hustling hard for this business. It's not even for themselves. So I think that that's something to think about. If you're looking to get a full-time job because you think, oh, this will be better work-life balance. I won't be bending over backwards to get my client projects done. There's still very much that culture of don't leave the office until you're the last person there, you know, at these in-house roles. Yeah, it depends on what the role is. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it depends a lot on what the role is and what the kind of company you're joining is. And so I think for that reason, you need to think about like what your priorities are and maybe you're like, okay, like working crazy hours at this point in your life. And I think that's actually fine. Like if you want to be doing all the traveling and whatever opportunities they provide, like, I think that's fine, but you want to make sure that you know what you're getting into before you sign up, right? Like you want to be understanding, like, what are the expectations of me? How does the team work together? You don't want to just sign it, kind of say yes to anything. If you can help it, you, you want to do your due diligence. Yeah. And the other side of that too is I've heard a couple of people say this semi-recently. People always talk about how having a full-time job with a company is more secure than being a freelancer. But the reality is if you get fired from that one job or the company goes under or they do layoffs, whatever, because the economy is shit right now, there's no fallback, right? You don't have multiple jobs that you can fall back on. You've just got the one. Whereas with freelancing, you can say, okay, well, I'll reach out to people I've worked with in the past. I'll try to supplement with some different projects, maybe try some new offerings. You have a little bit more flexibility to make that up. Whereas if you lose the one job, shit out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. I think like they have like different benefits in terms of security. Like I think not all your eggs are in one basket with freelancing, which is amazing. But at the same time, it's like your income is incredibly variable there are some extra challenges with benefits, et cetera. And then with the full-time role, it's, yeah, like you said, if you lose it, you lose it. And that's more of a panic, right? So I think there's like trade-offs to both. Yeah. I don't think that there's one perfect solution. I think both sides of the coin have their pros and cons. It's more about your personality, what your personal goals are, what you want for yourself in your 40-hour work week, or maybe less than, more than you have to be really clear about what you're trying to accomplish and what is best suited for your personality type. And we don't often give ourselves time and space to do that. We're so busy with the day-to-day stuff that we don't sit down and think about that or try to write it down. And that's something that's worth doing because then you can get that clarity and make that decision. Yeah, I think thinking about your career and sort of it's long form, if you can, of saying like, well, where do I want to be 10 years from now. And if you see that what you're doing has no chance of getting you there, (laughs) then maybe it's time to think about what it would mean to go in-house and like explore and learn. Yeah. Or maybe not. But I I do think it's worth thinking about what that might look like for you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com. Music.